G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 27th of June 2023 and I am not in a good mood. I'm not having a good time. I'm not excited. I feel angry. Uh, I feel upset. I feel kind of hopeless in this moment. Um, Maybe that's too much. I don't feel hopeless. I'm going to cost a coffee in uh, Terminal 1 of Kuala Lumpur International Airport. I've just finished spending about an hour with the baggage people because they lost my bag. They lost my check bag and it's got my suit in it that I bought to wear at my friend's wedding on the 19th of July in Greece. So, it's a race against time to see whether (laughs) this fucking airline can get my bags back i don't know man it's not just that Uh, you know what it is here's what wait i've got a coffee i'm not drinking tea but i did get a coffee oh yeah baby the last week's been tough the last week has been very tough it's been good in a way i guess i'm just learning more lessons but the lesson that i am learning this week is that I think I need to stop accepting all of these offers to do shows or like looking to do shows in places where I don't have any audience because on Thursday night I was in, Wednesday night I was in Canberra and I had a fantastic show and thank you so much to everyone who came out to that show in Canberra at Gang Gang Comedy. And then Thursday night, I went to Wollongong and I just hadn't sold any tickets. I'd sold one from a person who had seen me before. Big shout-outs to the other Aiden Jones from South Sydney. You fucking rock, man. You're the greatest. Um, but uh, he was the only person who bought a ticket. I gave a few away. I had ads running all week. I had I spent like a 100 and something dollars on ads and no one came. No one came. I cancelled the show. And um, you know what? I can honestly say in 12 years of doing comedy that that is the first time that I have ever cancelled a show, like shown up to the venue, hoping that it would still go ahead and then got to showtime and just having to admit that it was cancelled. I've never done that before. But it's a new thing recently, I think. I'm trying to let go of my pride on that a little bit because I cancelled the Geelong show a few weeks ago because I realised that was going to be really hard. And now that Wollongong show, that was very tough. The people at the theatre were very supportive. That wasn't their fault. I don't even know if it was my fault other than the fact that I just don't have an audience there, you know? So, like, maybe it's time to reassess whether I need to be doing shows there. I've learned a bit about the um, the infrastructure that needs to be present in a place for me to be able to sell tickets there when no one in the town knows who I am. And... As I speak, I'm on my way to Reykjavik, Iceland. And every time I tell people I'm going to Reykjavik, Iceland, they're, like, excited for me. And that sounds really cool. And it is really cool. But, like, I have these shows that I've booked in. And that's the reason I'm going. And I've sold one ticket between the two shows. And it's like, why would I expect to sell tickets in Reykjavik, Iceland? Just because there's a fringe on. Oh, man. And like, you know, I think I've always, I've always done this, right? I've always used comedy as an excuse to go to these places and travel. And I think it's like, I need to get more realistic about like, if I want to travel, if I want to go to Iceland, that's great. I can go to Iceland. 
But if I like, if I booked a a flight to Iceland and a week in Iceland to just be in Iceland and not put a show on, I think I'd be able to enjoy it more. But the fact is, is that I've booked these shows. And now I'm stressed about the shows. Like, I'm stressed, you know, am I selling any tickets? Are they going to be fun? Should I spend the time this week trying to get people in? Or should I just fucking... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to not really work that hard and just go, you know what, fuck it. I'm in Iceland. Let me just enjoy my time in Iceland. Because whether or not I'm putting shows on, it's actually going to cost the same amount of money. And I'm not... I just... I think I'm going to let go of the idea of trying to make money from these places. Because it's not going to happen. And I just am finding myself, because I've got the show on, I'm finding myself, like, you know, less able to enjoy what is, in a way, the trip of a lifetime. I'm going to Iceland. How many people in their lives can say that they've even been to that place? But because I put these kind of realistic or unfounded expectations on myself of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sell tickets there and I want that's going to pay for the trip and blah, 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 blah. You know, suddenly... I'm unable to enjoy it because the expectation that I put on it isn't working out. And I just, I've left on this trip, you know, I fucking, yesterday was, <laughs> yesterday was so hard. <laughs> I mean, again, I had a fantastic show in Warrnambool and 60-ish people came out and I made over $1,000. Thank you to everyone in Warrnambool who came out and saw the show. This is the thing, right? I'm, I guess I'm giving myself unrealistic expectations and then, because I'm trying to live up to those, it it makes me it's like makes it harder for me to enjoy the shit that is great. I had a fucking awesome show in Warnable yesterday. I went to Warnable. I interviewed Tom Ballard for the podcast, and we had a great chat about politics and about drinking and about how you go about coping with life and when it's difficult. And. Um, you know, just he's someone who I've gotten to know over the last few years and, and uh, we've become friends and it was great to sit down and chat with him and just learn a little bit more about who he is and the way that he approaches his life. And then after that, you know, met his parents, played a bit of piano for him at their house in Warnable, which is where he grew up, and then went off to the show and had a great show, watched some local acts do their thing, watched Ballard do his thing in a place where he grew up. And, uh, and then I went on and I did my show to a very receptive crowd and I sold five t-shirts afterwards, which is not something that I expected to do, but I did it. I sold the t-shirts, I made good money and it just, it was great. And then <laughs> I'd hired a car. So I drove the car back to Melbourne, which took three and a half hours. I think I got home at about 11, 11.30. And my phone was nearly dead, so I charged the phone quick and then I jumped in the car and dropped it off. And then I got back to the house after driving there, dropping it off and then getting the last tram on the Sunday night back to the house. I think I got home at 12.30. The flight was at 5.55 a.m. So I had a shower. I got the rest of my stuff ready. I packed my bag. Oh. <laughs> and then I got in the Uber and I got to the airport and... I mean, I just, the fact that I've lost my bag, it sucks so hard. It's got my fucking suit in it, dude, that I've spent a bunch of money on. I've probably spent, not including the shoes, which I already had, that were about 300 Australian, not including that. I think it was like 
and the hat. I've still got the hat. Thank God I wore the hat on my head, but I think it was about seven, eight hundred dollars plus all the rest of my clothes. All of my clothes are in the thing, you know. And then it's like the process of like going about. You know, I got to the. I landed at the airport and I go to the baggage thing and it's not there and then I go to the place where you say hey I lost my bag and they're like oh it's still here okay it should be out on the thing now and I go out to the thing and it's like no extra bags came out onto the turnstile so I don't know what I'm hoping for I go back in I'm like hey it's not there she's like okay now we'll file a report and we'll check with Melbourne and the the person who was there was so kind like I said look man it's got my fucking suit in it for my friend's wedding and she was seemed genuinely concerned and sad and upset for me that that was the case and you know I got I gave her my email and my phone number and then they, she gave me their email and their phone number but it's just like I know and she's oh my god I know as soon as I leave this office my chances of ever seeing that bag again go way down, especially because I'm going to Iceland. When I told her my, my final destination of this part of the trip is Iceland, the fear in her eyes. <laughs> it was like, I, I said like Iceland, Reykjavik, Iceland. And she was like, okay, so you're going to Greece? I was like, no, that's where the wedding is. I'm not going to Greece. I'm going to Iceland. Forget about Greece. Forget I ever said the word Greece. I'm going to Iceland. And just like the lack of comprehension, the fact that she had never heard of the airline. I said, I'm going from, I'm going via Qatar to Doha to London. And then I'm getting this other airline called Play. <laughs> and when I said Play, she looked at me like, oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and... Um, Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I asked her all the questions that I needed to ask. I said, what's the process from here? She said, we're going to call Melbourne. I'm like, great, what happens then? She's like, we'll contact you if they've got your bag. And I was like, and if they don't, it's 14 days. And then they start about reimbursing. And I'm like, okay, and in between now and then, because I don't have any clothes. And she said, well, we have, uh, like, the fund that you can get is 160 ringgit. And I'm like... That's not very much money, is it? <laughs> I think it's about $50 Australian to replace all of my clothes. And, you know, I could tell that she could tell that I was upset and I didn't want to yell at her and I didn't yell at her and I didn't say anything bad. I said, I know this isn't your fault, but this sucks. And last week I cancelled a fucking show for the first time in my career and I have this trip stretching out before me and it just it feels like a burden and I don't want it to feel like a burden. So I'm trying to get all of the things in it that feel like a burden out of it. And I think the last thing is this trip to Reykjavik or these shows, I think I'm just going to let go. I think I'm just going to admit that I'm not... You know, there's not much that I can do. I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know what? There, I probably, there is stuff that I could do. There probably is stuff that I could do to sell tickets to the shows, but I'm not going to do it because I don't care enough. I'm just going to accept that I may sell zero tickets and cancel both of these shows. And I'm not going to let that get in the way of me having a lovely trip in Iceland. I'm at the Fringe. I'm going to see some shows. I'm going to meet some people. I'm going to have a nice time. 
and then on Monday I'm going to go on my own little trip by myself. I might hire a car. I might do something. I don't know. And I'll just see what's going on in Iceland. And hopefully by next week when I talk to you, I'll be in a much better way. <laughs> the other part of the trip that's not working for me, I cancelled that fucking Dublin show, man. That feels so good. I'm going to hang out with my mates in London. I might go see my other friend in York. Whatever, whatever. <coughs> but then um, the other part is this Fringe Festival in Gothenburg, which is the same situation, you know? Like, I just booked it because I was optimistic and I booked it before me and my ex broke up. I booked it before I had this whole reassess whether it's realistic for me to keep touring as a comic and keep going to these places that I've never been rather than trying to stay at home and earn money and build a fan base that's fucking viable. That's what I'm trying to do now. Like I even had the idea the other day to have a show in Melbourne every two or three months where I headline and just do do a set, get a friend to film it, high def, clip it up and whatever bits I've been working on that few months just chuck them online see if any of them go viral you know why not why can I not do that um, rather than trying to travel the world and pretend that there are people in these places that are willing to pay to see me because they're not it's okay that is a reality this is where I'm at how are you guys doing are you okay does this happen? I guess it does happen. You know what, actually? I, I, I was about to say, does this happen in other people's lines of work? But I just spoke to a friend who is in... Uh, I won't say where she is, but she's on her own trip and she just said she's having a bit of a rough time and she said she's very unhappy in her life back in Australia because of whatever reasons that she went into and... Um, it was nice to have that connection with someone, you know. It's the thing, like, when I got to Wollongong, a very lonely moment in Wollongong was, like, when I was about to cancel the show. After having such a great show in Canberra and being in Canberra for the first time, which was fantastic, by the way, great coffee. Went to a lovely coffee shop called Cupping House. Wonderful. Met some people, you know, new friends in Canberra. And um, after having that experience, to then go to Wollongong and to cancel this show and to just, like, to feel how disappointed the guys from the theatre were as well. Like, they were sad that they couldn't pull through for me and get some people in. And the people who were at the show, I had to kind of say to them, who the three people who had showed up, like, I'm really sorry, guys, I'm not going to do the show to you. Um and then to leave and get on the train and go to Sydney, it was just like, I don't know who to message and tell about this, that I just feel fucking sad, you know? I mean, that's, I guess, something to be grateful for with this podcast is I know you guys listening in are just, you're listening. It feels good. Thank you for listening. trying to find things to be thankful for hey when I got to this fucking Costa man and I mean you guys know I'm like such a picky cunt even just to lower myself to coming to Costa <laughs> the arrogance in that statement but um, you know I've come to Costa I've got these sandwiches I made sandwiches for myself in my bag 
just in case there wasn't food on the flight. And there wasn't food on the flight. And that's okay because I had sandwiches, frits and cheese and rainbow. And uh, I was glad that I packed them. And then I get to the airport and they've lost my bag and I'm just like, fucking great, you know. I'm noticing I just want to do something to get rid of this feeling. Actually, I, you know what? Oh, I'll tell you this. Tell you this story. I'll tell you a story at the end of this. I got. I know what I'm going to close on now. I also think I know what the. Uh, what's the? No, you know what? I'm not going to land on a title for the pod yet because I haven't quite got it. I haven't quite landed on something. I wanted to call it something to do with losing the bags, but that's something that I thought of before. And if there's one thing that I know about my process is that it needs to happen in real time, and I can't plan it. So let me just let go of the idea of having a title now and get back to what the fuck I was talking about. I'm in the airport. I've lost my bag. They've lost it. It's fucked. I'm angry. I'm waiting for the bus to take me from Terminal 2 to Terminal 1. The lady at the baggage claim was like, okay, so your flight leaves at... at, Like, I told her my flight leaves at 9, and she goes, okay, so before 9. I'm like, well, no, it leaves at 9, so I'd need to... If you've got my bag here, I'd need to have it by, like, 6. And she goes, okay... And I'm like, that's three hours from now. It's not happening, whatever. And then um, I get the bus to the next terminal. It's fucking ages away. And I've got no internet except for what I can get on Wi-Fi, which there's none on the bus, and that's annoying. And then I get off the bus, and then I get to Terminal 1, and then my flight's not open yet. I thought I was going to have lounge access, which is why I booked Qatar. But now I'm not so sure I'm waiting until oh, there's like half an hour until the desk opens and I can find out if I've got lounge access and get free food from the lounge whatever I'm like I've got an hour to kill let me record the podcast that'll be good and I see Costa and I'm like I'll go get a coffee and, <laughs> and I'll eat one of my sandwiches and they've got powerpoints at Costa great so I sit down and I, I go to get my coffee I order at the fucking person in front. everything's just annoying me I'm in the worst mood and the person in front of me is taking so long. I'm just like, is this just outside of Australia? Service at these places is just not good? Or I don't fucking know. Maybe it's the airport here. Maybe it's because it's Costa. I don't know. Why is this taking so long? It's one person in front of me. And they're speaking in another language. So I can't even be like, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even be like, let me step in as a mediator and try and... <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a funny service to offer? Like when you can see that someone is just struggling through the process of ordering or taking an order. These two people, you need to step in like a fucking marriage counsellor <laughs> or like a legal mediator in between two estranged people. Who have, you know, they're divorcing. You step in and you're like, all right, you want a coffee. You want to sell them a coffee. So you take out your card. You take out the card machine. You put your card on the card machine. Type in some numbers. And we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> like, can I do that? Can I be that person? So I see him doing that and then I get to the front and I'd, I'm in the worst mood and I'm just like, I shout. I'm just like, Americano, to have here. And I point, to have here. And I say it loud and I realise that in that moment I'm one of those fucking American tourists who speaks in another language and is just like, Americano. I'm just I'm the shithead person in the coffee shop right now, but I don't care because it's all about me because I've had a bad day. Wah. And I sit down over my laptop and the guy comes with my coffee and it's a fucking in a takeaway cup. <laughs> and I'm just like I I draw the line here. <laughs> 
up with this, I will not put. <laughs> All right. I send it back and he takes my table number as well. So now it's like there's no record of me ever having ordered a coffee. <laughs> and I'm looking at him. I'm making eyes at him. I finally I, I get eye contact with the guy and I'm like, yeah, remember? And he brings it over and it's huge and it tastes bad and whatever. Who cares? I've got a fucking coffee, man. Quit your fucking whinging, you little baby ass cunt. Oh, my God. So, um, Friday night was lovely. You know what? Thursday after I cancelled that show, even that was a relief. I just, if I can just cancel all of these shows, maybe I can actually get down to the business of just accepting that when I get home, I'm going to be $15,000 in debt. That may just be the reality that I live with. And I'm just going to have to work my fucking ass off because I've taken out this loan and that was stupid, wasn't it? But like... It's all in my control, you know? Things could be way worse. I was just on Instagram and a friend of a friend's um, father is missing. And that, you know, and they don't know where this guy is or what's happened to him. And they're posting all about it all over Instagram. It's in um, it's in Scotland. I don't know. I, feel, I was like, should I post? And I was like, I don't know if I know anyone in Scotland who would, yeah, whatever. I don't know why I'll be posting. I just don't know what to do. But, like, it's awful, you know? This guy's been missing for, like, four or five days. He's 71. He had a stroke years ago, so they're scared he might have had another stroke and not know where he is. They've been posting all this information about what he was wearing, what it looks like, photos of him, all this kind of stuff. And, um, I mean, talk about these fucks in their submarine, you know? <laughs> And, like, the way the world kind of, you know, people lost their shit or I guess the people around. I don't know. I don't know if anyone actually was upset. That's a good question. Is anyone actually upset <laughs> about the submarine? Like, talk all the, all the, you know, rescue efforts and everything and they're working hard. And I guess there's people in their lives who are close to them who are upset, who are in the news. But, like... Is any person, like, could you find a more across-the-board, just, like, feel-good news story <laughs> than a bunch of arrogant billionaires in a submarine not fit for travel, didn't do their due diligence, went down thinking they were going to be fine, and just got fucking <laughs> compressed and exploded into... Into just bubbles and dust on the on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> and I guess when they were down there, you know, I mean, it is obviously sad for their family. I mean, that's a given, right? It's surely that's a given. And I'm, um, you know, you can't help, I guess, but imagine what it must be like to lose someone like that. Did you guys see the other story where the guy who was the stepson of one of the billionaires posted about how he was still going to go see Blink-182? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> <coughs> I really hope they find my stepdad, but I've got tickets to Blink-182 tonight and I know he would have wanted me to see them because he knows how much I like them as a band. <laughs> so I'm still going to go and see them. <laughs> Oh, my God. And everyone in the comments going, where are you? <laughs> it's great. This is what I mean. It's so removed. I guess that's one thing about being a billionaire and you're just so removed from the experience of 
almost everyone. I mean, how many billionaires are there in the world? Is it like a few hundred or a thousand or something like that? And compared to eight billion people in the world, you're in the point, you're in the one to the negative nine percentile. So your experience is just so far removed. So you're just not relatable. So when bad things happen to you, it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. Cool. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? The, the more privileged you are, the worse things have to be before people will actually deign to empathize with you. Like if you're, oh, you know what? That is a good premise for a joke. Let me just write that down. A-I-D-A-N. When I, uh, I don't have my notebook out because I couldn't be fucked because I'm too sad to properly prepare for the podcast. All right. The more privileged you are, the worse things have to get before people sympathize (laughs) I've just typed that with just my thumb and I've typed the more orivilioi are the worst thing have to get before poll sympathize whatever I'll understand it because it is isn't it it's like if you're if you're really poor nothing has to happen at all people are just like oh man I'm so sorry that you, your life is just shit, you know? If you're a refugee, that your life is just fucked. Nothing has to happen. You just wake up and people are like, man, I'm sorry. And then if you've got a bit of money, if you're like, uh, what's a bit of money? I don't know what they're in between. Like there's, I guess there's four levels and I don't know what level two is, but level three is probably me which is like, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm from a developed country. I, uh, there's no chance of me like dying of exposure or whatever. So things have to get pretty bad. Like the whole time I'm like, oh, you know, they lost my luggage and whatever. It's also like, well, man, you also are getting to go to Iceland. So, you know, it'd have to be like, they lost my luggage. And then like when I went there, the lady like spat in my face. I mean, even that, I reckon there'd be people out there who are like, well, (laughs) how have you contributed, (laughs) you know? Things have to get pretty bad. And then if you're rich, if you're so rich that these problems just aren't even problems to you, I don't know what could possibly happen. Maybe someone kidnaps your kid or fucking... But, you know, like even just getting trapped at the bottom of the ocean in in a fucking tube and being crushed, people are still like... Yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> no one really cares, hey. I wonder what would have to happen to sympathize. Anyway, I'm going to write that out as a bit. I think I'm going to do that. This is the second time that I've thought of a bit on the podcast. You know that when I when I said about how I'm lucky that I didn't go in a disability support in the UK because I would have gotten angry at the disabled people? That's a bit now. That's in my show. How fucking cool. The podcast, I think I'm getting better at doing the podcast because that. Anyway, so what was I talking about? Yeah, my friend's, my friend's friend's dad is missing. And um, is there a difference? What's the difference between that and the submarine people? I mean, there's not, they just don't know. Again, they just don't know what happened. I guess it's, 
Is it in a way worse because like the submarine people kind of brought it on themselves by taking unnecessary risks with their life, but this guy is just a dude who went out in the day? I mean, I don't know, whatever. It, it, it defies comparison. The point is how awful to be missing someone that you love and not know what happened to them. And um, I'm not in that situation, and thank God. Although in a way, you know, my bag is like a father to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <coughs> Thursday night after Wollongong I stayed in a hostel in Sydney and it was this meditation hostel where you pay $15 off it's normally 40 bucks a night but you pay 25 if you meditate one hour at 7am and then half an hour at either of 2pm or 8pm and I took that rate up and then you have to go and do the meditations but you have to do the meditation in the evening and then the morning to make it count and I did it in the morning and then the evening over two nights so I had to pay the full rate for both nights annoying but it was nice man it was a really cool vibe I mean it was dirty it's a hostel but the people there were lovely I had a really wonderful chat with this one girl over lunch we kind of connected and we're having a pretty deep conversation about where we're at in our lives felt like we're at similar kind of places ends of relationships traveling directionless no plan nice to connect with someone you find kindred spirits like that at times when you're in hostels or I've been thinking about that with comedy right why is it that I'm so drawn to comedy and I think the reason that I'm so drawn to comedy is because like the thing the doing of the thing of the craft is great (coughs) but also it's um, the community of other people doing it I just feel like an instant kinship with them which is really cool. And I was explaining that to her and just that I felt really lucky to have found that so early in life. And it is, man. Like, if there's one, you know what? I can take something from the situation that I'm in right now is that where I'm going to Reykjavik, there's a bunch of people at this Fringe Festival waiting there who don't know me and I don't know them. I know a few of them, but, like, I know they're going to sympathise with me and they're going to be, you know, want to talk to me and hear my story when I get there. Even if I cancel both of the shows, the fact that I'll be around people and whatever, I think that'll be really nice. And then Friday, I hung out with my boy who's getting married and his fiancée and another one of our mates and his girlfriend. And another one of my friends came along as well. We just had a crew, went out for a night of drinking. That was wonderful. Smoked some cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know, man. On Tuesday night last week, I uh, had a conversation with my ex about the breakup. We, that was the first time we'd spoken since she left Australia. We organised this call and I told her that I'd cancelled the Dublin leg of the trip and that I wasn't going to go there and told her about everything that I've been thinking about the breakup, about the panic attack that I had on the train and about my friends saying, uh, you know, give up the whole starving artist bid and there was a moment that I'm very proud of that was very hard but I felt like it needed to happen where <coughs> I, uh, I noticed that I wasn't looking at her when I was on the video call I was looking around the room and not making eye contact with her and I remembered medit- I, sorry I remembered therapy and that that probably means that I'm not uh, there's a difficult feeling coming up that I don't want to connect with this person because I'm I, the, the feeling is difficult that's why I'm not looking at them so 
I said to her, I think I'm angry at you and that's why I'm not looking. And I said, I think I'm angry at you because she asked me, do you, do you want to say anything? And I said, the last month has been really tough and I've been feeling sad and I've been feeling angry. And since the breakup, I've just been feeling really worthless and really like, you know, I have this thought like, because I didn't have the money to move to the UK to make the relationship, you know, as easy as it could possibly be. I felt like what woman is ever going to want to be with me and have kids with me if I can't even support myself, if my job is putting stickers on the windows of shops, you know, or whatever my job is at the moment, like these odd jobs that I just have and it's just, that you know, and I've just been feeling like, what good am I? And uh, and then I started crying as I was looking at her on the chat and she sat there and listened to me cry and she was very sympathetic and she said she wished she could hug me and it was a really beautiful moment and it was hard and it felt like in a way I was kind of letting go of, you know, I don't know, any hope of the relationship like rekindling or I guess just like the last month or so of kind of coming to terms with the fact that it was over that was like a big moment to just like let it go and release it <sighs> I'm sitting in a fucking Costa Coffee in Kuala Lumpur Airport Terminal 1 I'm facing the corner of the room but it's an open corner so I'm like just out into the departure hall people walking by behind me there's just people sitting there like literally like a meter away from me there's just someone sitting there <laughs> and um, I feel like I'm at the start of a trip that I I committed to a while ago and now I've kind of decided that I would rather not be going on but I am and all that I can do is try and enjoy it and do what I can to enjoy it because there are parts of it that are going to be amazing and you know what I'm really looking forward to the Edinburgh Fringe the new show, oh, I've decided, I've decided the new show is going to be called A Kayak for Christmas. And the bio is Christmas Day 2022, my cousin's, no, on Christmas morning, my cousin's five-year-old son got a kayak, uh, was scared to look at the kayak that his parents got for him out of fear because he was, or because he was scared that it wasn't for him. Something like that. You know what? Let me find it. Let me find exactly what it was. My cousin's five-year-old son got a kayak for Christmas. He was so excited he couldn't look for fear it wasn't actually true. The show's about how we never think we're good enough. That's it. And uh, I'm going to play piano. When I get to Edinburgh, I'm going to buy a secondhand piano off Facebook Marketplace, just like a, an electric one with weighted keys for the month. And I'm going to play Chopin's Nocturne in E-flat major every day. I've split it into thirds and I want to tell stories in between. And I'm just, I'm so excited about this show. I already have in my head what it's going to be. And I'm excited to work on it. I'm also excited to go to my friend's wedding in July even if I have to buy a new suit which at the moment is feeling very likely that I'm going to have to when I get to Athens just buy a new suit whatever I'll fucking do it man doesn't matter <laughs> oh god 
right now I'm in a difficult moment, but I've got a lot of things to be thankful for and I've got a lot of things to look forward to. So um, with that, I think that's the end of the podcast. I've got a lot of things to look forward to. That's the name of the podcast this week. And the photo is going to be a nice... Oh, no, the photo is going to be a photo that I got of Tom Ballard in Warnable the other day next to an incredible rainbow. It was actually a double rainbow all the way across the sky when we went out to the foreshore to the breakwater in Warnable. I got a photo of him. It was wonderful. And that'll be the photo. All right. (sighs) Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're doing good wherever you're at. And I hope if you're not doing good that you can remember that at least you're not a billionaire trapped in a fucking tube at the bottom of the ocean because if you were, it wouldn't matter how bad you were doing. No one would give a fuck. I'll catch you guys next time. It's been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.